Main Street to Wall Street. Global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, traditionally, employers offer benefits like health care and maybe a gym membership. But today's guest is adding something else to the mix, education. Now, Vivek Sharma is a CEO and co-founder of Instride, a company offering what they call strategic enterprise education. He's also the author of the recent release book, C-Spark, CEO-led workforce, education for the age of and. And this is his second bestseller. Vivek, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks for hosting me. Oh, it's good to have you. Well, second book. Now you're catching up on me, so I, I better start looking over my shoulder. What made you say, hey, I got to write another book? Well, this is a topic, uh, Jeffrey, that's very near and dear to my heart. This is also something that's the essence of why we co-founded Instride. And what we're trying to say in C-Spark is we have reached an age for corporate America. We call it the age of ant, where business leaders, CEOs, board members, are expected to drive business and social impact. Having an excuse that they can only do one or the other is not acceptable. And the age of hand expects leader to not just drive business and social impact, it's to think about the employee as a learner, to think of themselves as not just a good fiduciary, but also a good citizen, to think about the customer and the community. And as a result of all that, be a good fiduciary, but also a good citizen. So. C-SPOC talks about why we are where we are, what is the unique approach of strategic enterprise education where CEOs can usher their organization into the age of and. We talk about a few visionary CEOs who've already done that. And then we take a little bit of a view into what the future could look like. Well, I think it's the responsibility of every corporate executive. I've written about this in my Hero Factor book. It's about time for us to start thinking about values. It's not about taking the money and run anymore. It's about doing the right thing for the right reasons. And I love that you're focusing on that. So we have to start with defining strategic enterprise education. How is that different than training? That's a great question, Jeffrey. Every CEO we talk to recognizes the importance of education and training for improving their business goals, recruiting and retention, upskilling, reskilling. It's important for employees. It's important for businesses. Where The problem has happened in the last 20, 30, 40 years is the existing workforce modalities, and we can talk about those later, the existing workforce modalities, unfortunately, are not delivering the results for the CEOs. Mm. So corporate America spends $180 billion on workforce training, $180 billion. $28 billion out of that is on what we call as tuition reimbursement. But if you go to most CEOs and CHROs, they are not excited about the results. Less than 40% of employees, even in the organizations who provide these capabilities, are aware of the programs. Less than 1% to 2% actually take them. What strategic enterprise education says is we drive workforce education programs in a way that it drives results for the learners, but it also drives business goals. One of the things uh, I've had a good fortune of being in large organizations I was at McKinsey, then served in Yahoo and Disney. And one of the things I learned was initiatives are successful when they also drive business goals. So how do you think about 
workforce education in a way that's driving business goals, that drives real outcomes in partnership with the leading global universities that we support. So that's what strategic enterprise education is. By the way, you mentioned some great brands there that you work for, but you're also a board member for JetBlue. So I want to make sure I point that out too, because it's always interesting to watch C-suite executives because they have got a great pedigree and they're well-connected. When you get back to this enterprise education, because that's an interesting piece of it, because the way it used to be and has been for many years, we'd send somebody off to get their MBA, we'd pay for it maybe, or we'd pay for some advanced education, but they might bring that back to the office. They might bring some of that learning, but it wasn't ever integrated. Is that part of this offering? It's a great question. And it reminds me of a conversation I had with Kevin Johnson, the chief executive office of Starbucks at a five-site chat about three years back. As you know, Starbucks with its Starbucks College Achievement Plan is actually the industry leader on strategic enterprise education. They have to this state, about 18,000 learners, 6,000 graduates, enormous, enormous business and social impact. So I asked the same question to Kevin. I said, Kevin, of the baristas or partners who graduate, how many stay? And his answer in front of thousands of people was about 50% leave. And I see that as my contribution to society. However, the 50% who stay, that's where the magic is. They tend to be promoted much faster, about 75% faster. There is a significant reduction in attrition. So my point here is that strategic workforce education done the right way drives benefits to the CEOs in a way that makes the education initiative self-sustaining. And that's what the magic is. Well, and with that 50% that left, you still got value of them while they were there, without question. And quite frankly, they probably would have gone anyway, right? I mean, they doesn't always fit for everybody. Well, it's, it's hard to say whether they would have gone. People make different personal choices. Typically, when we see large organizations do uh, strategic enterprise education the right way, that includes my client like Magna, world's leading OEM manufacturer, a Medtronic, leading medical supplies manufacturer, LabCorp, world's leading uh, diagnostic company. And uh, what these leaders have done is they have clearly linked what business goal they're trying to achieve while driving workforce education. That typically, Jeffrey, falls in one of these buckets. It could be driving business agility because your business agility is a function of how relevant the skill sets of your employees are. It could be driving revenue and profitability. That still is the number one requirement from the CEO as far as the boards are concerned. I'm a CEO. I also serve on the board. I can tell you that is indeed true. So for example, if you're a retail chain, your ability to open one more store is a function of having the right employees. That has a direct linkage on your revenue. Recruiting and retention in retail in particular, if you're a 10,000 person shop, you spend about $22 million every year on recruiting and retention. Think about corporate citizenship. Think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what these organizations have done is not just focus less on who leaves, but figure out what are the drivers to keep your existing employees engaged and frankly, attract more employees as well. Exactly as you said. Well, game on. Well, listen, I want to talk more about how you got into this. I'm curious about that, but we're going to take a quick break and be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. We're talking about enterprise education and how it's changing in the business. And we're talking with Vivek Sharma, who's the CEO and leading a great company, talking all about his brand new book and everything around employment. Now, 
You work for some big names like Disney, Yahoo, and currently, as I mentioned, sit on the board for JetBlue. You're also at McKinsey. Did you see this as a problem when you were there? What made you say, hey, I've got to get into this online education? That's a great question, Jeffrey. I had a very unique experience and a very unique vantage point. And frankly, an extraordinary lucky set of collaborators who were co-founding this movement. As you said, having worked in large organizations, you realize how acute the challenge is related to recruiting, retention, and especially, especially reskilling. I mean, the rate at which skills are getting obsolete, it is not funny. And that rate is getting faster and faster. In addition to my executive experience, I'm also a professor. I am an adjunct professor of data science at the University of Southern California. I teach a course there called Digital Foundations for Business Innovation for the last six years. So I had a unique vantage point wherein I could look at universities as an executive and corporations as a professor. And one thing that did not make sense to me was, despite the fact that these are two ecosystems that have more to offer to each other than anybody else, it's hard to imagine how little they work with each other. Beyond some rare exceptions like Starbucks and Arizona State University, that has not happened. Around that time, Howard Schultz in 2014 and Michael Crow, the president of Arizona State University, they had launched this program called the Starbucks College Achievement Plan, which by 2018 was extraordinarily successful. And they were trying, Michael Crow was trying to expand this to drive impact across corporate America. And as luck would have it, we partnered with the TPG Rice Fund, which is a social impact fund. And we started this company in 2018, the goal being how do we bring impact like the SCAP program to other leaders, other organizations in corporate America. And today, I'm proud to say, Jeffrey, we serve over 40 leading corporations. We have, over the last three years, helped avoid $400 million of student debt. Last year, we were nominated by the Fortune magazine as one of the top 20 social impact companies globally. But in my mind, we're just getting started. There are 37 million working Americans who started college but did not finish degree. The challenge here in terms of getting skills to the right level for the right time is just huge. So we're just getting started. Well, I got to be honest with you. I'm one of those in that statistics, never finished. I went right into the workforce. I went to full, full years, but was running campaigns, doing business, starting this, doing this, and never quite finished. So there's a lot well, of people- Jeffrey, you've been a lifelong learner. Well done. I mean, clearly. Congratulations. Well, it hasn't slowed me down so far. Do you see this as a potential where people will go right into the workforce and then be doing this instead of going to college first and then joining the workforce? I think it's hard to say whether somebody will go into college and then go to workforce or go straight to college. But one thing that is going to change over the next 5, 10, 15 years, hopefully even sooner than that, is every employee, every corporation will be thinking about this dual concept of work to learn and learn to work. So mm -hmm. for example, right now, when we work, we think about working as a mechanism of self-fulfillment, of paycheck, health insurance, but increasingly, employers who will be able to attract talented leaders, talented employees, are the ones who are going to give workforce education opportunities. So if you're in retail, go to Starbucks if you want to get a degree while working. If you're industrial, go to Magna. If you're in healthcare, go to Magna or Medtronic or Banford Pet Hospitals. So that's part one. But the second thing, which is what you alluded to, is also true. What do we learn? And I think the narrative will become you learn to work. It's okay for you to want to 
you know, learn anything that you want that satisfies your learning aspirations. But if you want to have skills that are relevant in today's talent marketplace, you have to keep an eye on that. And that brings a responsibility to the individual learners. They have to focus their learning aspirations in a way that they are tied to the marketplace reality. And keep improving their own uh, self-worth and everything else. I always talk about the three things I always like to drive my personal satisfaction, condition satisfaction. Number one, I like to build wealth, which means I like to make money and, and live a life in a different way than I grew up doing and make sure that that's there for my family. Second, I like to learn new things. So what you're doing is right up there. And then third, I like to have fun doing it. So I think I can probably do all three of those with what you're doing and everything else. Should all employers start seeing an employee education as a benefit? Well, there are some who have taken the leap and there are some who will follow the lead. I think the best way to answer this is to is to learn from history. About 80 years back, Jeffrey, when most men went for war across the Atlantic, there was a concern that the fight for the remaining employees will increase wage inflation. So President Roosevelt at that time signed Executive Order 9250, froze wages, and that led to the concept of benefits. Instead of giving wage increases, CEOs and business leaders came up with benefits, but a few compassionate ones came up with the most relevant benefit for returning vets that was called the healthcare insurance. Believe it or not, healthcare insurance was not always coming with a job in America. It basically started with some leaders taking the leap. Eventually, public opinion followed, public policy followed. And today, in America, it's illegal to employ someone without health insurance. There are leaders who have taken the same leap, same initiative in workforce education as well. I would say Kevin Johnson and Howard Schultz were the leaders six years back. Swami Kotagiri at Magna, Mark Harrison at Intermountain Healthcare, Brian Gerrish at Banfield Pet Hospitals, Aramark. Many of these people have also taken the same leap. And as their leadership, as the impact of what they've done, both for business and for the learners, get more mainstream, I think this will become uh, much more prevalent. I do believe that at some stage, public opinion will follow, public policy discussion will follow. And I believe most employers will be required to provide workforce education support as part of employment. Explain the inside program a little bit more. Do you get a degree? You get a certificate? Do I get a copy of your book? What's it look like? Well, the way Instride works is we start with the corporation. Let's say you're running a company. I'll have a conversation with you. We'll start with what is the business goal you're trying to solve? And let's assume you say, I'm focused on recruiting and retention, and I'm also focused on improving the diversity of my employee base. Then we say, okay, how do we build a workforce education program? that delivers education to the target group of employees, which is typically the the entire employee base, and also drives those programs. So how can we improve your recruiting, retention, and diversity aspirations to the program? And then we bring to you our world-class university network. In my university network, we have Arizona State University, City University of New York, Wisconsin, UVA, University of Memphis, all leading global universities who have a reputation for driving student outcome. And what we offer is not what we think the learner needs. We let the learner decide what program she wants to take. It can be high school completion. It can be associate degree. It can be undergrad. It can be grad. It can be a certificate. It can be certification, anything. And then we deliver that through a world-class technology platform, which we've spent over the last three years 
a lot of effort building that improves the learner experience as well as the corporate experience. The KPI that we measure, the, the indicator for success for us, Jeffrey, is not how many people enrolled, but how many people stayed through the program, how many graduated, and fundamentally, did we make a change in the trajectory of their professional life? Very good. Well, let's take another break, and we'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Now, I'm visiting with the CEO of Instride, and we're talking about all things around strategic enterprise education. Vivek Sharma is the CEO, and he's got a brand new book out called C-Spark, CEO-led workforce education for the age of and. And so let's talk a little bit about the age of and, if you could do that for me. In the book, and I love the fact that you're using a book, because I tell everybody, Content's king, activation is queen, and context is the kingdom. So getting that book out and utilizing that and utilizing it to sell. But in the book, you talk about the age of and. Explain that a little bit. What is the age of and? Thank you, Jeffrey. The age of and takes the last 70 years and contextualizes where we are as America. So if you go back to the 40s and 50s, we were, you could argue in the atomic age. Then came the space age. And the last 30, 40 years has largely been the information age. What we're saying in the book is today we are in the age of and, where we have to move away from the tyranny of the R and go into you know, the beauty of and, where business leaders, CEOs, large organizations, and board members are expected to drive business and social impact. Choosing one or the other is an excuse that's not possible. And what Age of Ant says is, fundamentally, there are many ways a CEO personally can usher her organization into the Age of Ant. That moment where you take that decision, where you publicly, unambiguously, irretractively usher your organization to the Age of Ant is what we call as C-Spark, CEO Spark. And the most impactful way to do that is by investing in education of your employees in the service of business goals for your organization. So that's what the age of hand is. I love it. I love it. It's a great concept and, and well done with the book. I got one minute left. We see Vivek, everything going on right now. Help wanted signs are everywhere. Headlines mention a labor shortage. How do companies recruit and retain quality employees? Give us that in a, in a quick minute. I wish there was one silver bullet here. You have to do some basic things well. You have to be an employer of choice. You have to treat your employees well. Your employees are your biggest advertisement. Among the many things that the employees are doing, some of my business partners, some of my corporate partners have used workforce education as a tool to attract employees. In fact, today in Starbucks, 80% of all Starbucks stores in the United States have at least one barista that's going through the education program. So typically, when you go to the Starbucks, to the Starbucks stores, you do see an advertisement. If you want to educate yourself while working, come and join us. I think when you make such a vocal and such an unambiguous commitment to the investment in your employees, you can be an employer of choice. And I would encourage all CEOs to think about that at the level. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking with Vivek Sharma. He's the CEO and co-founder of Instride, a company offering what they call strategic enterprise education and also the author of a second bestseller. Make sure you check this out. A recent release book called C-Spark, CEO-led workforce education for the age of an. Vivek, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey, and good luck. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And today I learned 
how to tie back education to what you're doing in the workplace. I mean, for decades and decades, we've sent people off for MBAs. I said that in the show, but they come back and we probably don't tap the mind and tap the investment. Listen, we've got to be investing in the best assets we've got and the biggest asset and the best asset we got in any company is people. So you got to spend more time spending a little bit more time educating. And I love the program that these guys are putting together. So that's what I learned today was a reminder of, hey, we got to get educated and do our best to help everybody raise the bar. And I learned that right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Don't forget, tell your friends all about the show. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.